0: radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty the Armstrong and Getty show.
5: I've listened to Michael Cohn stand in front of the courthouse and say things that are directly contrary to what he said to us. My obligation is to bring the truth to both the District attorney and to Trump's lawyers. That's exactly what I did. If they want to go after Donald Trump and they have solid evidence, so be it. But Michael Cohen is far from solid evidence.
6: So that guy says he was Cohen's lawyer, Robert Costello. He testified yesterday to the grand jury. So he was another in this whole Trump thing. So he is another person that got questioned yesterday. Then Cohen came out later in the day and said he was never my lawyer. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, uh, Trump hasn't been arrested yet. Uh, though he tweeted over the weekend or truthed over the weekend that he would be arrested today on Tuesday, he hasn't been arrested yet. And most people seem to think he's not going to be arrested yet. Although I know that they're going out of their way to have it be a surprise when it does happen so that there's not a chance for protests to occur or any mayhem to occur. So maybe all this misdirection
4: of it's not going to be today, it ends up being today. I have no idea. I think Trump has every interest in amplifying the circus. So I'm trying to picture what sort of negotiation would take place that would swear him to secrecy over his own arrest, and I can't picture it. Why he
6: wouldn't leak that out somehow?
4: Of course, and there'd be there'd yeah. be
6: quite a few people that would be aware of it. I mean, because the whole Secret Service detail would have to be aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Um,
4: I don't I don't see that happening. Some sort of secret. Turns out Trump was arrested overnight and fingerprinted, right. and mugshotted, and let loose.
6: Right. I don't see that happening either. He's not trying to. Keep it on the down low. I know they made an argument to be able to do it virtually from Florida so they wouldn't actually have to go in. But that got uh, rejected. So he is going to go to New York. Anywho, um, Mark Halpern's take on a desist, talking to all the people that he talks to. And uh, Trump will likely be indicted on the charges that we've all heard about within nine days because they don't meet today, so they meet uh, the grand jury testimony people. They meet uh, they met yesterday, and they meet tomorrow, and then it takes a little while to get your act together, so they're thinking it's going to be sometime in the next nine days. Uh, the indictment will likely contain a few new facts that will get a lot of discussion, but the barriers to ever convicting Trump are numerous and spread out over many months. So he will get indicted, and that will be a big news story for a couple of days when we actually hear some of what they're claiming And, you know, the mugshot's going to be huge and all that sort of stuff. But then it's going to disappear, right? It'll be months before anything else happens, probably.
4: Yeah, there'll be the buzz. And, you know, every time there's Trump news, it'll be Trump who is under indictment for blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
6: Um... The dominant media, according to Mark Halpern, will focus much more on the Republicans who break ranks with Trump than on those who stick with him, while the New York Times will focus obsessively on the tactics of Team Trump. I'm sure that's true. I also really like this paragraph, this analysis. The red team, Republicans, don't understand the threat that the blue team sees Trump posing to their very way of life. That is true. I don't get it. I, I I don't get the whole for six years now, you've been getting up every morning thinking, oh, my God, what did Trump do today
4: with with breathless concern? I don't get that, but especially because I think if the left had just treated him like a Republican president and not been so obsessive and hysterical at every moment, Trump wouldn't have become the figure he became. And I'm not letting him off the hook for his excesses and the the, the things he did that I think are terrible, but uh, unquestionably, you got a guy cornered that long, treated that unfairly for that long. It's not going to turn him into a nice fella. Yeah. The
6: other side of it is, while the blue team does not understand that it isn't just Matt Gates who will feel this indictment poses a threat to their very way of life. Yeah, yeah
4: I agree. So that
6: sets you know, us up for that. And there's probably not going to be an arrest today. Okay.
4: Talk. Tucker Carlson was talking about this last night, and uh, in the course of his screed, he said something so willfully, utterly dishonest and cynical, he's lost my trust forever. I'm not going to get off on that tangent. Tucker? Maybe later. Wow, yeah. I, I oh, missed that it somehow. Just, it, it was just brutally
6: untruthful. I was making yeah. macaroni and cheese. I must have missed that.
4: But he's he's made a decision uh, about his his show and his ratings and his personal finances, and that's his business. But... um. But then he went on to say something that I thought was very true and very insightful, and he laid out exactly why this is so incredibly dangerous. You have the left wing of the Democratic Party. Alvin Bragg is way left. If there's one thing I'd like to communicate today, actually, there are several, but uh, among them. Oh, was, is it the the fact stuff, that,
6: was it the stuff about the Iraq war? No.
4: No, okay. No, it was about January 6th. Okay. Anyway, um, buh, uh, the lefty wing of the Democratic Party, with the tacit approval of the more mainstream mainstream wing of the party, is putting together a very thin and funky prosecution. And I don't care what they say on Morning Joe about a crime is a crime is a crime. Everyone is equal, equal under the law. They say with great uh, you know self righteousness. This whole misreporting. Times a thinly reasoned campaign contribution violation idea is just it's it's a stretch. But the idea that the leading candidate of one party could be indicted or should be indicted over some very thin charges by politicians on the other side and thereby perhaps prevented from taking office is the stuff of, of third world nations of of banana republics and it it would set a precedent where whether it's a Ron DeSantis or anybody the other side would just cook up whatever they could possibly come up with find a friendly grand jury somewhere and everybody would be indicted all the time for everything from jaywalking to campaign contribution stuff to to whatever and my argument and tucker's rests on honestly How thin and stupid these charges are. Now, if Trump shot somebody in the chest on Fifth Avenue, as he, you know, sarcastically suggested a number of years ago, that'd be a very different thing. But this is a political hit job, and I'm no great defender of Trump.
6: Well, Jonathan Turley, just to give you one line from his article, we'll get into it more later, but Jonathan Turley, law professor, George Washington University, said, in my opinion, it is a political weaponization of the criminal justice system and undermines both our legal and political processes, which is a pretty strong statement. Weaponizing the criminal justice system to go after somebody you don't like.
4: That's not good. Um, Well, and especially it's so cynical Because the chances of getting a a conviction are practically zero on this. A number of people pointed out the John Edwards uh, uh, precedent where he not only was paying off a mistress, but supporting her child and routing the money through various entities. That's right. Got her a house. And the argument was he all of these things he did to support his mistress kind of helped his campaign. Therefore, it was a campaign contribution. But to get the jury to believe that he was supporting his child, not because the child had to eat, but because it helped his campaign, trying to get 12 people to agree on that, or that was his primary concern, they didn't. They they acquitted him on one charge, had a hung jury on the other, on the other four or five, I think it was, and all the charges went away for good and forever. No prosecutor had any interest in retrying the cases. So uh, the idea that, well, it kind of helped him. So why don't we call that a campaign contribution? That's been tried in a much more powerful case than this one.
6: Well, and it would also be one thing if this brag fellow in New York was just such a law and order by the book guy that he oh, couldn't let right. this go. But he's not there. There's example after example of him letting Horrible people out early that
4: go out and commit way worse crimes. He's one of those people. Let's go into that segment three of this hour. Okay. Because we've got some good stuff on that. One thing,
6: just because this week is the 20th anniversary of the Iraq war beginning. Tucker Carlson stated as if it's a known fact. That the Bush team lied us into a war, which we got into yesterday and we could get into again later today. But I I was not comfortable with that. I don't like no. this rewriting nope. of history, in my opinion. No.
4: And expressing it as though everybody knows this is clearly true. Right. That's just incredibly dishonest. And not good. No. No, it's not. Uh, so more at some point on John Turley and his opinion of this whole thing. Uh, plus, uh, this Alvin Bragg character, you need to understand who he is, what he represents. And there are a bunch of him around the country. And there are they may be the number one threat to our way of life. I mean, directly in the next two weeks, if your life is impacted through something terrible happening, it's going to be these DAs who, yep. who caused it to happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Bums and Junkies update. We got all sorts of stuff and some stuff that's not terribly uh, depressing. I know it sounds like all of it is, but I don't know. You got to be aware, right? I'm not terribly depressed. No, I'm not either. I'm, I'm kind of energized, honestly. OK, we need to get to the ESG investing veto by Joe Biden. That's the environmental, social, governmental investing. It's been completely misreported in all media. You're, you're better off being uninformed than misinformed. We'll try to straighten it out for you in a couple minutes.
6: first veto of the Biden White House around woke investments. Man, Joe Manchin, a Democrat, went a nuts over this veto. He had some strong things to say. We'll have that, too. All on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon.
0: Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Trump being the center of the universe has brought back the divisiveness of the text line. I'll tell you that. I'd forgotten how it was there for a while because Trump had receded somewhat. Maybe we'll talk more about that next segment.
4: Apparently, Michael wasn't in his cage when we had our discussion. I didn't even notice. Michael, can we hear clip 81, please?
3: What's important here is that this is no mandate. This is voluntary,
4: and uh, I think it is a useful tool. That is one of the weakest acts to ever soil the Senate with his presence, Ron Wyden of Oregon. Uh, that was uncharitable, and I apologize for it. Talking about and the you, first veto of the Biden administration, yes?
6: And you revealed that we keep Michael in a cage. I thought that was something we were just going to keep behind to ourselves.
4: Barbaric! Well, well <laughs> the, when Trump was keeping children in cages at the right. border, we, we thought, can, wait a minute. That
6: sounds like a good idea.
4: That's that was like, like triple sarcasm right there. That's why that you was,
6: always uh, know where they
4: are. Exactly. Uh, it's a, well, it's a studio, I guess. It's the control room. Well, it's locked a, from the yeah. outside for just for his own safety. Right. All <laughs> right. Moving along. So I can hear <laughs> so, this call for help. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Giving that signal that I've been abducted. Ah. Uh, so President Biden, excuse me, the uh, China's uh, bat fever is hanging on a bit in my lungs. But President Biden sparked outrage after issuing the first veto of his presidency Monday to thwart a bipartisan anti ESG bill. The bipartisan bill sought to strike down a new Labor Department rule encouraging retirement fiduciaries to consider environmental, social, and governance uh, issues in their investments. Joe Biden blasted it, uh, as well as lots and lots of Republicans. This has been completely ill-reported, and I'll explain why in a second.
6: I tried. I tried through the mainstream media to understand what was going on with this and didn't get anywhere.
4: Yeah, I, I, I have had the same experience, and I can't decide whether they're being deliberately dishonest or if they just don't know. They have square white teeth, perky boobs, and square jaws, and that's why they're on the job. Uh, let's see. said Biden, I just vetoed my first bill. Oh, I'm sorry. He tweeted a video of himself discussing the veto and trying to blame MAGA Republicans for it. I just vetoed my first bill. This bill would risk your retirement savings by making it illegal to consider risk factors MAGA House Republicans don't like. Your plan manager should be able to protect your hard-earned savings, whether Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene likes it or not, he said. That is one of the most willfully dishonest things any politician has ever said. All of it from beginning to end. And it reminds me of the conversation we've had so many times. The stupid, grubby, ugly part of politics is what you have to do well to get the things that matter done. It's almost as if you have a volleyball game to decide who gets to run the country. Because that sort of lying rhetoric has nothing to do with reality or governance. It's just a contest of who can frighten the sheep into running most enthusiastically in a certain direction.
6: Well, so do we have Joe Manchin being angry about the veto? Maybe this would help set up you explaining what it actually is. Hit me with that. Michael.
3: Okay. Right. ESG is by itself; it just you know could kill our economy, could kill our whole economy as far as in America. Basically, if everything's determined on just that, it should be considered. But it should also be geopolitical risk that we're taking by not doing th- certain things.
6: Well, we have There's a I much, found that inco- incoherent. There's a much better clip of him raising his voice and being angry about woke this and that. But maybe we'll find that.
3: Uh, Perhaps
6: go, go
4: on. Here's the deal. This idea of ESG, environmental, social, government uh, investing, it's it's uh, called woke investing, woke capitalism, where you invest. And try to get the highest return through the lens of, but these companies have to be doing the right thing for the environment or social justice, whatever that is, or whatever you consider it to be, or good governance or or what have you. It, It puts several different lenses on what is normally a very simple relationship you are a fiduciary your job is to get me the highest returns within the law i have trust entrusted you with your my money you can't enrich your cousins you can't support your cronies you can't push electric cars just because you like electric cars you have pledged to me you will get me the highest return possible now if i voluntarily want to get involved in some ESG fund or some fund that weighs ESG concerns, that is 100% my right. And it's your right. And nobody's stopping you. Go the frig ahead. Nobody is stopping you. That's exactly right. This rule had to do with allowing fiduciaries who have privately held retirement plans that already have zillions of dollars of people's money in them to decide now to start considering ESG factors as opposed to being a pure fiduciary. Oh my god, that's ho- I I'm
6: horrified at the idea of my financial guy giving a crap about how sustainable
4: some uh, investment I have is. I don't care. Or global warming or saving the seals or or whatever else. And this, the reason this is so unholy, to get back to my earlier screed, is you remember when I was going to enrich my cousin or my cronies or a particular pet cause of mine? Well, that's what the fiduciary laws prevent. But now... If I can claim, it's not because they're my cronies. It's because they're supporting windmill farms. It opens the whole thing up to corruption. Your pension plan, your retirement account that's already been invested, your money's already gone and being trusted to these people. Now they get to screw with it. And remember, it passed the House
6: and the Democratic-controlled Senate to get to Joe Biden's desk, and he vetoed it.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
6: Take a slice of cheese. Um, I got provolone. I suggest provolone and mozzarella. Put it on your pan.
0: So oh, it's starting to get nice and melty and it's fizzling. Take a pickle and just plop it in the middle of the slice of cheese, alright?
6: So now the cheese has gotten
0: a little golden and a little bit hard, like a crust almost. I'm going to like fold it over and make, wrap it around the pickle. Give a little
1: taquito. There you have it. So beautiful. So good.
0: Do you got that crunch? I don't care if anyone says this is gross.
6: It's not gross. I think it sounds delicious. That's a TikTok trend of wrapping pickles and cheese and frying it, which sounds pretty good to me. I'd eat
4: five of them right now. I'd eat those uh, at happy hour, certainly, with a, a nice cold beverage.
6: Right. Uh, or at three in the morning when I just got home and all of a sudden I'm hungry.
4: Oh, boy. That critical fourth meal.
6: <laughs> we got this text. Hey, Jack, just a friendly, friendly reminder to cancel your Ancestry.com subscription. I need, I need you in my life, whoever you are. Are you a female? I need or a mail. It doesn't make any difference. If I somebody will help me remind me of things, that's what I need in my life. Uh, but that's the about the only text we've gotten today that hasn't been hateful. I've noticed that the return of Trump has brought back the hatred on the text line, and I'd forgotten that's the way it was for the about most of the last six years. Um, because we could say anything about a news story involving Trump, and we would get usually roughly equal number of you guys will do anything to support Trump or why you such never-Trumpers. Um, regardless based of what on the said, same conversation. Based on yeah. the same conversation, and we're getting a lot of that today, and I'd forgotten, oh, yeah, there was a little vacation there from Trump being the center of the n- news universe. He announced he was running for president, then didn't really do anything for a month and a half, and kind of receded somewhat from the... But back again. Those back were again, good times. Back again to being all four stories on the top of the fold for the New York Times and everywhere else. So, uh it's back. The anger on the text line is back.
0: I'm going to tell everyone I- about how shitty you are.
4: Yeah, go ahead. Um uh Just in case it wasn't clear. Yeah, literally, we will get half a dozen a dozen texts saying i hate you you're too pro trump right simultaneously with i hate you you're too anti trump based on the same conversation yep which is fine i mean other uh, lines of work you like can lose an arm or something like that <laughs> as occupational hazards go it's not so bad right we're not roofers right but it's 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 a little frustrating well, I mean, especially because we're not in the business of angering people per se. No, it doesn't
6: bother um, me. It doesn't bother me from a from that standpoint. It's just, uh, it's just an interesting phenomenon.
4: Yeah, and it's unavoidable too. If you're going to discuss things honestly um, at all, there's so much of the the, the Trump discussion on both sides that's irrational it's not rational it's just it's emotional and anger and and tribal and the rest of it but it is what it is
6: i'll tell you what nothing has pushed me toward trump more than this story of the last week though and uh and seeing him arrested i'm sure will 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 hit me in an emotional way um just like it will a lot of y'all
4: like what you people will do anything yeah exactly exactly this ridiculous stretch of an attempt to create a charge to indict trump is really something and the guy behind it this alvin bragg character it is worth knowing who he is let's let's begin with a little clip of him doing an interview last may 55 michael
2: The newspaper reports today say we could expect to see an indictment to be handed down against Donald Trump soon. Any thoughts on how you would handle such a high profile case?
4: Certainly throughout my career, I've gone wherever the facts have taken me and the types of allegations that have been reported publicly um, valuation of assets. Uh, perhaps the use of of, of shell companies, tax fraud. I've done all these sort of cases. I've tried a mortgage fraud case. I've tried one of the most significant money laundering cases uh, in the New York region. So uh, of all the candidates, I sort of stand at the ready uh, with all the tools in the toolkit. So he's talking about he can get Trump. And in that pre-election interview, he's talking about real crimes, real estate fraud, money laundering, tax evasion, that sort of thing. None of that has anything to do with this.
6: Yeah, he ran on the idea of I'm the guy that has the expertise to get Trump. And I'm in a I'm in an area where uh, 80 percent of the voters hate Trump. And that's who's going to be involved in the jury and everything else.
4: Right. So none of those things are are in play. It's this weird stretch of a misreported legal expense that could be a campaign finance violation years after the statute of limitations for either of those misdemeanors have passed, but combined they're a felony. I mean, it's just bizarre reasoning. So anyway, uh, and and it's all based on the testimony of one of the great liars on the American scene, Michael Cohen, too. So uh, And, you know, having just explained that I'm no great... You know, blind Trump loyalist. In fact, I'm quite different from that. This is a joke, these charges. All right, so let's learn more about Alvin Bragg. Tucker did a nice job of running his uh, thing down, his
5: uh, modus operandi. 56, Michael. But what's interesting is even as Bragg has been single-mindedly focused, Bragg, a graduate of Harvard College, on Donald Trump and his crimes, sending money to a porn star, He has been not only ignoring real crimes, but downgrading felonies to misdemeanors and letting actual violent criminals out of jail as quickly as possible. On his first day in office, first day, Bragg, consistent with the ideas of the man who paid for his campaign, George Soros, issued a memo explaining his office will, quote, not seek are cursorial sentence except in cases involving homicides, economic crimes, and a small number of felonies. Now, that was great news for people who commit violent felonies, including rapists like Justin Washington. Washington struck a deal with Bragg that allowed him to serve just 30 days in jail under the theory that his rape was really just second degree coercion. So he got out quickly. And when he did, police say this same man sexually attacked five other people in the Bronx. Even tried to rape a homeless woman at ten in the morning.
6: Who's soft on rape? Who thinks that a rapist should spend thirty days in
4: jail and get out again? The woke, progressive, Soros, Marxist types who believe who b- believe or claim to believe that the only reason people commit offenses is because of systemic racism Duh. and they're oppressed.
6: I, I don't believe it anyway. But your argument's a lot better on stealing because at least you can claim that. Uh, You know, these people are down and out because of our unfair economy, and they're just
4: trying to get by. How do you explain a rape? Well, that's what's so handy about the whole systemic racism, DEI, woke thing, is that you can use it to explain everything. Any aberrant behavior. Well, of course he behaves that way. He's been oppressed. It's crushed his spirit and that of his uh, father Mm. and grandfather, too, because of the legacy of racism. It, uh, It explains everything. So just to make it clear, so this guy who is elevating a couple of misdemeanors and like multiplying them by each other and calling them a felony has been systematically lowering felonies, violent, ugly felonies to misdemeanors while doing his job,
5: doing the absolute opposite and putting New Yorkers at risk. One more clip. So in another case, a career criminal who was arrested three times in four months for serious crimes, including assault and aggravated harassment, skipped court. And when police finally found him and hauled him to court, Bragg's Bragg's office let him go in January of last year. Guess what he did when he got out? He murdered a woman. A growing makeshift memorial in front of a New York City apartment building honoring Christina Yuna Lee after police say a man followed her home and attacked her, stabbing her to death. This security video obtained by NBC News appears to show Lee being followed by the suspect when they arrived the door was barricaded when cops went into the apartment investigators say they found the body of a 35 year old woman later identified as lee in her bathroom and the suspect covered in blood police say osama nash was arrested and charged with lee's murder this was his eighth arrest since may of 2021. so
4: this guy who runs his department in this manner with these results is so concerned That a payoff to a porn skank might conceivably be seen as a campaign contribution that he's going to bring the American electoral system to its knees and force perhaps a constitutional crisis.
6: Yeah, not bothered by uh, beatings and rapes and that sort of stuff. But this other one, oh, this is a clear cut case of something awful happening that needs to be dealt with. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law, disagrees with this case.
5: This is so dangerous. This is so much in violation. In 60 years of teaching and practicing criminal law, I have never seen a greater abuse of prosecutorial discretion. And I've seen plenty of abuses. This is the worst.
6: Yeah. Wow. And uh, Jonathan Turley, law professor at George Washington University, said it is a political weaponization of the criminal justice system and undermines both our legal and political processes. That's troubling, and it's going to happen.
4: You have honest commentators left, right, and center all saying the same thing, but you cannot get the corporate media, the legacy media, to be honest about it, in their coverage. It's, it's frightening. Where this leads, nobody knows. Probably no more crime. That's why our beloved sponsor, Simply Safe Home Security, ought to be your friends like they are ours. They make it easy to protect every inch of your home with advanced security tech powered by 24-7 professional monitoring that's different than the traditional systems, and it's better.
6: Yeah, I love the fact that so many different publications have said Simply Safe is just the best, and then you combine the fact that it's Something that comes to your home, you set it up yourself in about a half an hour and it costs less than a dollar a day. That is really cool. And by the way, there's no contract. Most of these places lock you into a year or two year contract, whether you like it or not. Simply safe doesn't have to lock you into a contract. They're confident enough they're gonna like it.
4: So for less than half the price of a traditional home security system, SimplySafe's professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you're not just some anonymous uh, alarm going off somewhere across town. They tell the cops exactly what's going on. It's fabulous. Learn more, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/Armstrong. Check out the uh, the wireless outdoor high def cameras with night vision. Holy crap, are they cool? Simplysafe.com/Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus twenty percent off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafe.com/Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
6: I need you all to talk me out of something, Joe. Michael, textures. Maybe you, you can turn your uh, your mockery toward this. I need to be talked out of this, because I was shopping last night on, on online. I'm thinking about getting a, a home gym, and I need to be talked out of it for the obvious reasons. I, th- I think what got me started on this is over the weekend, we had kind of like a break in the rain for a while, nice weather. And so my uh, my son Henry and I, we went for a walk around the park, and our park has got that one of those deals where they got the the machines every so often, you know, that taxpayers yeah. put mm-hmm. in the parks. That nobody uses. That Mm -hmm. nobody, that no, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody actually use. You know, the occasional kid get on one for like two seconds. What does this do? But I've never seen, but anyway, we actually did the loop and did all the machines and we both really enjoyed it. Now we've done it like three days in a row. So I was thinking, you know, maybe if I had one of these in my house, kind of a home gym setup that's got all these different exercises, you know, in one thing. I'm afraid I'm the wrong guy to talk
4: you out of that. I, I wanted one of those. Uh, I used to work out on my elliptical at home. Now I live so close to the gym, it's it's just super easy to go. Even though you know
6: that I own an elliptical that I've used once in... How many years have I... I've moved this to three homes, maybe four. I think wow. I've used it for a total of 40 minutes, maybe, spread wow. out over 10 years?
4: That is some serious futility. Wow, that I, I'm impressed by that. The fact that it's still
6: in the living room. I dust it every now and then because he gets
4: cobwebs on it. Guy who owns a shirt he hasn't worn in thirty years is impressed by that. Wow, yes, yes I, Michael. Yes, your Michael? mockery?
5: No, I'm not going to mock. Um, your your kids are really enjoying this. I mean, yeah, my one is.
6: Yeah, I need to get the other involved. But yeah.
5: Oh, I was just thinking it was the, something the three of you could do. It might be a yeah, good bonding.
6: You know, that would be a cool thing. I mean, I, I could, I could. That might be a good thing that would keep us all in check. This is something we're going to do every day for uh, twenty minutes. You know, and you talk while you're doing it and everything like that. I used to work out with buddies, and we, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was just throw a, the
4: weights you, around, yeah. encourage each other, say, "Wow, I can really see the definition in your shoulders." I remember mm, I when friend of mine would do that. Well, uh, I, I, uh, I remember when a friend of my dad's looked at me one day and he said he said something to the effect of wow you're uh, you're like uh, looking like a young man there. He was an athlete, I was an athlete and he was like wow, you're starting to look like you're working out and I'm like yes.
6: Yeah, no, that that's a good thing. least well, that just,
4: appeals to a young man. Sure.
6: Exactly. I just don't know with like with peers if you're just supposed to you're really are? tall oh, man, your traps are killing me. You look fantastic.
4: Well, I'm I don't know like that, that happens in the gym, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm I was a certain be. crowd I wouldn't comment on the gentle curve of anybody's buttocks, but, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know how we got down this road. So home gym or not,
6: would I ever use it? If I would use it, they're kind of pricey. A good one's kind of pricey. But if I would use it easily, easily worth the money, you must
4: answer that question, grasshopper. Only you.
6: If it sits there gathering dust forever, no. Uh, More on the way.
5: The
0: Armstrong and Getty Show. Chinese President Xi Jinping traveled to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin. Putin was just happy to get out of his bunker while Xi was like, worst spring break ever. (laughs) Yeah, Putin and Xi were together for over four hours waiting for the other one to sip their drink first. (laughs) Let's trade. You take
6: mine and I'll take yours. Let's trade again. (laughs) (laughs) That classic situation. Um, uh, While we're on that topic, ABC News struck me with their wording of this story yesterday. I found it pretty powerful.
2: The backdrop to the summit, Russia's costly war in Ukraine. And tonight, Ukraine firing back. (laughs) videos circulating online showing explosions inside Russian annexed Crimea, Ukraine claiming it destroyed Russian missiles. And just days after the International Criminal Court charged Putin with war crimes, today she calling him a dear friend. Putin, Putin saying he carefully studied China's initiatives to end the war, adding he'll treat them with respect.
6: And that doesn't have the quote that's in the Okay, it's labeled incorrectly. Anyway, the uh, the ABC News presenting is that the two most powerful autocrats in the world getting together to try to pull off a shift in global power. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. That's uh, pretty stark, but that is what's happening. The two most powerful autocrats in the world are getting together to try to figure out a way to not have the United States be the center of power on the planet which it has been for 75 years, certainly for 30 years. Um, And uh, that, I mean, that's as high stakes as anything you can freaking get.
4: Well, and Russia's falling into line for utterly selfish, ugly, and evil reasons. But yeah, so they're saying to Xi Jinping, all right, you want to increase your magnetic poles, you know, juice? All right, we're in. We're in. We know we've had conflict with you through the centuries, but okay, we're buddies now temporarily. It's a heck of Unholy a thing. Holy alliance, yeah, I'd say.
6: Um, we're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence in hour three. How it's going to ruin the arts, uh, but there are going to be other things that AI is really good at. For instance, this story: AI develops a cancer treatment in thirty days and predicts survival rate. It's a study published in the journal Chemical Sci- Science and how they, you know, plugged in certain information from certain patients and how AI was able to. Uh, come up with the proper cancer treatment in a way that doctors wouldn't have been able to gather all that information as quickly and figure it all out. Mm -hmm. Um, I I could easily see that happening.
4: Boy, and I, I understand that it's doing miraculous work in diagnosis, too. Radiologists who spend all day long scanning x-rays just hunting for a sign of cancer, they'll let AI do it because AI can compare tens of thousands of x-rays knowing which ones are cancers and which aren't and say, okay, this new one that you're asking me to look at, oh, yeah, it's a good chance it's cancer. Because they, they've, they've got the data. They know what to look for without the frailty of the human eye and attention span and, and whatever else. Yeah, that is really... And then the radiologists will will sit, you know, and manage that and, and maybe double check. Uh-huh. But it is going to destroy the arts, as we'll explain in hour three. Throw away your paintbrushes. Smash your guitar. It's over.
6: Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, you can get it in podcast form. Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael